Yes, we met in 2018. I was doing my fellowship at Joburg Institute for Advanced Studies. And then, yeah, I had a reading with Nick Mthongo at Bridge Books in Baboneng. Yes. And so after the reading, we we went through to Sophia Town. And that's where, well, we didn't meet. My partner brought you because you bumped into each other in the bathroom. And yes. matter of fact, in the, in the men's room. But matter of fact, he was wearing his hoodie. You went. So then you were like, hey, excuse me, man. I've got one like that. And he looked at you like <laughs> you are so weird, you know? And he thought you wanted to jump him or something. And then later on, when, I think you must have had like a conversation for like three minutes. Then afterwards, yeah. you was like, oh, okay, detected Kenyan accent. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Yes, fellow Kenyans meeting in Sophia Town. You're listening to Padded Cell Podcast, a conversation around mental health. I'm your host, Anthony Oluoch. This week, I'm going to be talking to Zuki Swavina. She is a writer, she is a publisher, and she's an all-round nice person. She will be talking to me about the fact that she is a writer and what that means to her and, and talk about the writing process, talk about some of the things that writers go through when, when they're creating stories, when they're creating stories for us to actually read and internalize and, and enjoy. So here she is, Zuki Sovana. Well, my name is Zugi Savannah. I am a writer, an editor, publisher, and um, a curator of all fun art things. I was born in Zambia. My dad is South African. My mom is Zimbabwean. And now I stay in Nairobi when I'm not in Joburg or other African cities. <laughs> Brilliant. And uh, you're a writer, as you said, and you've written several books. The one that I just finished reading, The Madams, is absolutely brilliant. But you wanted to share with the, with the listeners something from another one of your book. Uh, yes. And I wanted to share this one because it's nonfiction, you see. Uh, it's nonfiction mm-hmm. satire. And um, I thought since everybody is still kind of like on certain levels of lockdown, there are ways that you can look at certain things and then, you know, these are madams that you know. So the book mm-hmm. is written from the perspectives of domestic workers and their madams. And in the first mm. half, which is, well, the first lot, which is the major lot, it's domestic workers. And then the second lot, this bit is the madams. And obviously the domestic worker section is larger because domestic workers mm. know their madams better than maids nor madams nor their domestic workers so here goes if your middle class african madam is married it will be quite different from working with a single one while they both stay in midrand or four ways her house is bigger not a townhouse at all because there are two incomes the house may be larger and therefore you may be in this instance have your own cottage if you do not you'll sleep with the children she may have a regular job and income like a single counterpart, maybe self-employed. If the latter, it is not too good for you as a routine is uncertain and you cannot watch African movies in peace during the day without her just arriving. Jay. 
The married middle-class African madam insists on discipline above all else with her workers. Her name is not Nosiviwe or Lindiwe, but she's certainly a terror. So you are convinced that in her last life, she must have been a minister of defense. That is why, unlike a single middle-class counterpart, you do not get to work for her just by ringing her doorbell and asking for a job, but rather through an employment agency. She's the employer that you'll find yourself with if your white madam from Italy or France does not manage to place you with one of her white friends, or if you come out of prison and your middle-class single black madam still gives you a glowing reference. When you meet the married middle-class madam, she'll smile and be friendly, but beware. If you're not to her exacting standards, you will not last long. She'll ask for your references, and there and then in the agency, she'll call them so she can know whether you'll be able to do the work. All madams, except the overly liberal middle-class single black madam, do not want to employ cheeky workers. So when she talks to you, it's important that you do not meet her gaze, but look at some point beyond her eyes or keep your eyes lowered. She has two children, maybe three. If she's self-employed, she drops the children at school on the way to the gym. If one of the children is under three, She'll have a nanny whose sole work is to look after the child, while your work is to cook and clean the house. If she has a regular nine to five job, her husband will drop the children at school. She'll wake up early, take a bottle of water from the fridge and dress in gym, gym clothes. She'll put her, her work student tailor bag in a four wheel drive. She'll change at the gym because going to the gym is an important part of her routine. Is she very fitness conscious? Perhaps. Or perhaps she is worried that, as you once overheard her tell her friend on the phone, girl, I can't let myself go. Danyati is everywhere. She believes that she got the last man in Zanzi. And there are slutty single women from everywhere waiting to take her from her. So she needs to be ultra vigilant. It matters little that her husband is a beer-lugging man who thinks it's all right to tell her immediately when they get back from the Christmas holidays. How, baby? Are those love handles you're walking around with? Maybe you need to go to the gym, despite the fact that he has a beer gut to die for, or not. She'll also tell you that you're expected to wear a uniform, which consists of a dress and a matching duke. You're only allowed to be out of your uniform during your day off or when you go to, the, to your cottage to sleep, which is when you put on your nighty. When you wake up in the morning after you get breakfast ready for everyone, You'll clean the ensuite master bedroom before any other place. This is because she needs to lock it before she goes to work. Because you or the nanny may steal clothes from a walk-in cupboard. The children will have cereal for breakfast. While three times a week, her husband will have a full English, sunny side up. In the first week, you'll get into conflict with her. We need to talk, she'll say. You'll nod your head and put your head to the side humbly so that she sees you are respectful. Um, I thought you and your employment agent told me you were trained, she'll say. You'll nod your head and show off where she's going with this. And show whether you're not, you are nodding to tell her to go on or whether you are nodding in agreement that, yes, you were trained. So tell me, Londiwe, if you are trained, why did you not make my husband's ex the way I asked you to, she'll say. You now have no idea what she's talking about. She said he likes his eggs fried, sunny side up, and so you gave him his eggs fried. Yes, it's true that the last two times you made it, he did not eat it. You wonder what you did wrong. Did you put too much salt? Maybe it got burnt at the bottom. 
But nay, man, you are careful and you put enough cooking oil in the pan. Do you know what you're supposed to do? She asked. I'm not sure, you'll say, because you're unsure why you're in trouble in the first place. Then she'll pull you by the hand. Give me that pan, she'll say. You'll pass her the pan. Then she'll fry an egg and leave it with the yolk still not done. Then she'll say to you, this laundry is a sunny side up. Now, when you're told to do an egg sunny side up, this is what you need to do. Well, why didn't you say so earlier? It is then that you realize that this middle-class black madam is even more white than the white people. Everyone knows that there's only one way to fry an egg until it's well done. Not this sun side up rubbish that will make you throw up from the smell of the yolk. Just looking at it as she puts it on a plate makes you feel queasy. I thought you said she, you were trained. She'll say again before she shakes her head in disappointment and leaves with a plate to take to her husband at the table. Wow, and this is this is not a work of fiction. No, it's actually nonfiction. I interviewed a whole lot of domestic workers just to get their perspectives, and I I interviewed oh. my friends and observed my friends as they interacted with their domestic work uh, workers for the perspectives of the maids. Interesting, and um, so it's called Made in SA: Thirty Ways mm-hmm. to Live Your Madam. Yes. And there, and there are ways, ways in which you can live your madam in that book. There are ways you will live your madam. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's brilliant. Thank you for sharing that. And, and I'll put links to where people can find it on the, on the description of the podcast. By the way, congratulations on winning the most recent award you got, the Goethe Medal. Yes. Thank you very much. You are the first... African female writer to win that? Not just female writer, the first African female, full stop. <laughs> Congratulations. Yes. What does that mean to you? Thank you very much. You know, it's, it's okay. So I need to say this in case any of my friends are listening. It doesn't have a cash prize. It's just, it's just glory. <laughs> um, but I, I am hoping the recognition is, is a bit like um, when people win stuff like the OBE and stuff, and and essentially, I'm hoping that it it will it will be able to spring me to to be able to get access to amongst other things funding to be able to do more exciting things. That I've got like all these crazy exciting ideas that I want to do in the arts and uh, to make uh, literature more visible, you know, and and more fun, so that people don't don't just assume we're all writing political polemics. <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> that that is true. <laughs> That is true. And, and I mean, I was reading something about you some time back and you were talking about recognition as a writer and, and how most people just look at you and, 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 and tag you female writer. I, I've, I've mm-hmm. just been guilty of doing that. Um, and and that's, not, that's <laughs> yeah. not on. You are a writer. Yeah, I am. Absolutely. Beyond that, the, the actual full tag is usually black African female writer. It's a bit tragic because it's tragic comic really because uh, majority of book buyers on this continent are actually women, and majority mm. of the population on this continent are women. You know, so That's true. so then if if majority of the population and majority of book buyers are women, shouldn't we in essence assume that being a black African woman is is the normal? So. 
what we should then be doing is if there is some white South African woman who's a writer or white South African male who's a writer, we say, oh, he's a good white South African white. male writer. Yeah, you know? writer. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and it's great that you speak about that. Um, we, you, you, you were talking about the exciting things that you, you, you're trying to do for the uh, literary, literature world. There's the Afrolit Sans Frontiers. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that properly. That is really? ongoing right now. It's ongoing right now. Yes, absolutely. And yeah. It's the third it's, season. It's the third season. I'm, I'm of two minds on whether, whether, whether I'm going to be, um, whether to do a, a fourth season since there's still some lockdowns or whether, whether not to, you know, whether to just end with this since quite a lot of the continent is opening up. And I wouldn't want to have fantastic writers and then, you know, the audience uh, can't see them unless they have done an IGTV recording. So, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out at the moment, to be honest. But, yeah, yeah, but I mean, with, 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 with our current situation, the fact that you're actually doing it is something out of the ordinary. And it is on the Afrolit official Instagram page. Yes, it is. It was it was born in a very weird way because we just wanted something, you know. We were talking earlier about mental health, and I have a, a couple of writer friends that I knew were alone during this this isolation. So it was actually really just born as a way of like us entertaining ourselves as writers, and uh, hopefully um, be able to bring in readers or non-readers to realize that. Maybe writers are not as boring as everybody imagines they are. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. You've brought this in quite nicely because uh, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the, the writer's world, the writers, the publishers. And, uh, and, and it is usually somehow a little bit of a club. And as you said, that there are some of your writer friends who are alone. There are various mental health issues that writers go through. Uh, can we speak a, a little bit about that? Yes, absolutely. I mean, we do walk around with, with, with voices in our heads. So usually <laughs> there, there are mental health issues right there. You know, even when, of course, I'm writing, I, I think a lot of writers do this where they start speaking with a voice of their characters or, you know, acting yes. in that way. It's almost like, you know how, you know how some actors are method actors. Writers are Yes. when they're writing, are always method writing, you know, <laughs> to the oh, character, wow. but to the character that they're creating, you know, quite a lot of writers do that. And, um, and so generally are not able to shake off the, the character and get back to being themselves until they've finished the manuscript. You know, that's, that's pretty intense. But how do you deal with that? How, uh, how do you, so let's talk about you as an individual writing and getting into the character. How do you deal with not being able to escape from that character during the writing of the manuscript? I, I try not to deal with it. I, I just try to get on with the writing itself. Writing has, 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 has many different phases. So there's the when you're still creating the characters before you've actually sat down and started typing or whatever it is, or if you use longhand, um, writing it down. So with me, I tend to walk around with a story in my head for a while. But when I actually do um, 
do start typing, uh, do put it down. It's kind of like a vomiting process. I do it over a short space of time. I've got frenetic energy okay. during that time. Maybe I'll sleep like three, four hours a night or a day, you know, uh, because even when I'm when I'm sleeping, sometimes I'm, I'm dreaming of these characters and what we're going, you know, what's the next thing? And I'm so excited. And yeah, and, and it's, it's, it's really a, a crazy mm. pace, you know, for me. So usually two, three weeks, that type of energy, I um, then finish a first draft. And then when I finish that first draft, what I generally do is I just I just take time out. I take maybe like a like a week, you know, for my my own mental health, where I just try to decompress from the characters, and um, I don't I don't do anything. I just maybe I I read I, I read books or watch movies, and and I just sleep and eat. I wake up, I eat, sleep, watch movies. I don't do anything. I don't go and hang out with my friends or whatever it is. It's it's just nice, it's space yeah. that I need for myself so that I can come back into myself. So yes. you get your your re recuperating time. Yes, I, I allow myself that. And of course I mean sometimes it's 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 a little a little more intense depending on what the book is like. So for mm-hmm. instance, um London Cape Town Joburg was probably one of the most painful books I wrote, you know? And um, and for that reason, it was it was a very it was it was very exhausting emotionally. It's also the one book that I've written that, you know, after the last proofs and stuff and everything were approved, and we went out. It's the one book I've never been able to read from cover to cover that I wrote. We often read these books. We often read this this work of these different works of art that come from from writers, much as yourself. Mm. And we we enjoy them. We really enjoy going through the, the the motions of the characters. But oftentimes, we never think what goes behind the writer, the the writing of the book, the creation of the story. We we tend to just enjoy the the, the book and not think about. The emotions that we're going through while reading the book, we don't think about what that meant for the writer for the person doing themselves. It. Yeah, no, and I think yeah. you know you've got like you've got like stuff like painting, you know, and you've got writing, which is like as, as art forms. They're the only ones uh, that are generally the art forms that you do by yourself. So you know, when you are mm. say doing a C- CD, for instance, when you're doing a song, you've got. Uh, You've got your producer, you've got your sound man, you've got whatever, whatever. So you're a team. So you're working as a team, you know. Uh, but in writing, the actual artistic bit, you're doing it all by yourself. And then only after you've finished the work, can you then say, oh, I'm going to send it to an agent. I'm going to send it to a publisher and see whether they like it. And if you're lucky and they like it, they'll send it back to you and they'll say, do edit xyz so now again you're going through another wave of emotion but perhaps not as intensive Mm -hmm. as before because at this point in time you are editing you know so you you know the story so you kind of know what you need to look at and whatever it is so yeah it's 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 a battle you know i'm having a conversation with with a friend and um they sent me something you know and i and i say to them oh yeah no you know is it possible for you to edit this way, da, 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 da. because uh, writers are also very precious about their work. My friend was like, mm-hmm. oh, no, 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 no. 
uh, I don't want my story to be whatever. I think it's fine, you know. And and I said, okay, no, that's fine. I respect that. And um, and it's a right I respect as well. So I said, I respect that. But um, I really, 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 really like this story. But I think this this thing is so, it, it's just too long. It's it's too lengthy. And they're like, no, I think it's, I think it's it's the way I want it. So I was like, okay, no, let's let's uh, let's let's still love each other and agree that perhaps okay. you'll find another home for it. And, and so those are also mm. things. Those are also relationships that one has to never negotiate, particularly when this one decides now that they have to, they've come from being a writer. When when they're putting their editor cape on or their their, their publisher's cap on or whatever it is, then one maneuvers that mm. you know. How do you how do you do it and still and still maintain your relationships and still maintain respect for each other? That that sounds pretty intense. I, I I've been writing a lot myself personally, but I've never gotten the balls to share some of the writings mm-hmm. with other people because I completely agree. We have as as a writer, you are very very precious about the the work that you do and you don't really want to see other people's criticisms of it which is why i take my hat off to you as as a writer as as having put out your yourself put yourself out there in terms of actually writing several books and sharing some with us today thank you very much anto now I, i'm just going to ask you as we as we wrap up do you have any advice to to budding writers like myself and others out there what advice do you have for them? It's it, it may sound like a cliche, but it's actually true. Read and write. You see, I think sometimes what happens with, with a lot of writers, you know, is that I exist as a writer because I had so many older writers who held my hands and, and, and taught me how to do it, whether 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 literally or figuratively, you know. And when I say literally, I mean they didn't they read through my stuff. They gave me feedback. They blurbed me. They they put me, you know, they engaged with my work as a fellow artist, you know. So people like Shimachi Nojga, people like Tsitsidanga Rembwa, people like uh, Amataidu, people like Zeke Shimda, people like Sindiwe Magona, you know, the late Karapati Kositsile, you know, some of those guys, they're extremely generous with their time. But... Uh, there's also something that, uh, and Mandelanga, but there's also something that people in my generation did and, uh, and which I always tell younger writers. I knew Zeke Shumda, I knew Amataidu, I knew Tizangarwa, and, and, and. But I would never, ever, ever had the audacity to ask them to read my work or give me feedback or whatever without reading their work, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. because... How do I know that they're even the type of writer that I would like to emulate if I haven't read their work? And yet, you do find that sometimes there's a sense of entitlement with younger writers, you know, where they say, oh, yeah, you know, I need to be mentored or whatever, whatever, whatever. The, the best mentorship really you can do is just to read. And when you feel that you have a story, you write, you know. Uh, there are two different ways with the writing there are some people in the school of thought that you do a thousand words a day or 500 words a day or whatever. And, and I respect that people mm-hmm. who, can, who can do that. Personally, I'm, I'm a person who, who, who writes when I feel that I have something to say. And when I don't, I'll just relax and I'll be reading and, 
and 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 going to theater and watching TV. Well, I can't go to theater now because, yeah, yeah coronavirus thing. But yeah, but 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 that's mm-hmm. that's essentially it, really. Um, engage with other people's works. Don't think your generation was the first to do it and the last to do it, and don't think that you'll be the last to do it. Mm. So I think that every book. Every work that I have done since my first book came out has in certain ways got better. And the reason for that is I engage with everybody's work. I read younger writers to see the trend that literature is going in. I read older writers to take mm-hmm. certain things that, you know, that I admire about their craft. And um, yeah, and and just um and and I read sometimes I even read like literature that I consider bad and I'll tell you why I read it because it tells me how not to write and I read great literature so that I aspire to write some I'm like this is where I want to be you know so that's what I do when I read great literature and when I read bad literature I'm like "Eh, yeah I don't know about that you know what I mean so yeah but I learn I I learn from both sides Yes, yeah, so not limiting yourself to to reading what you like, but just open open your mind up to reading even things that you consider bad, because then then you will know what not to do. Yeah, although I must admit, I don't I don't always finish the the bad stuff, but <laughs> I do, <laughs> but I do <laughs> because also you know we only have so many hours, and there are way too many books. That is true. So yeah, but I I do I that do I, I I do read that I read everything I try to. That's brilliant. Thank you. Thank you so much, Okiso, for taking your time to speak pleasure. to me on this and and actually reading reading uh, an excerpt from your book made in essay, which is quite quite brilliant. Mm-hmm. I, I I just told you I just I just purchased it, so I'm going to be reading that. Oh, have um, fun. In the next couple of days. All right. Thanks <laughs> it so should much. be an interesting read. Thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, I will, I hope to see you again very soon. Absolutely. When the skies open up, stay safe. And when the skies open up, yes. you too. Maintain social distance. <laughs> That's true. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Please don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting app uh, next week i will be talking to ricky Kogetsau. she is from botswana and uh, there will be a lot that we'll be unpacking in that week's episode so look out for it and thank you very much for listening